0: This is the Average Guy Network, and you have found Home Gadget Geeks, show number 457, recorded on August 27th, 2020. Here on Home Gadget Geeks, we we cover all the favorite tech gadgets to find a way into your home. News, reviews, product updates, and conversation, all for the average. I'm your host Jim Carlson, broadcasting live from the Average Guy Studios. Here, super
1: hot, Mike. I like I can't it, keep enough water on my lawn. Like I just that, can't water it. Enough. You took the words right out of my mouth. We've had a string of just high 90s for a long period of time and no rain. I mean, it's been gorgeous. If you have a pool and if you hadn't gone back to school yet, like I'm sure kids were loving it because it's that perfect. Just sit by the pool, weather and. Uh, but I was going to say the same exact thing. I if there's In areas of my yard where there's no shade, it's browned up because I cannot keep enough water on my lawn right now. Now I do
0: know a guy who does have a pool and is in the right spot. Dave McCabe's with us today. Dave, how is the pool?
2: Hi, guys. Tell me, um, (laughs) I'm having some my trouble tonight. So everybody, just I'll get it figured out. Yeah, no worries. My pool is actually really good, and um, it has been. It's been crazy. If yeah. you haven't had trouble this this summer with your lawn, then you are a miracle worker. Yeah, think, it's been pretty tough. Isn't it? Yeah. I've had a rough yeah. one. I mean, I can yeah. tell I can give you guys a, a lowdown whenever you're ready. But yeah, you know, we'll talk about it. We'll... Is, you know, for someone who is so into this stuff, I have had such a hard yeah. year. Yeah, I, I just is. can't.
0: I can't keep enough water early in the spring and maybe even early summer. I, I felt like a champion. I was getting out every other day measuring all the stuff we talked about in the spring show, mm-hmm. like I was applying it. It was working great. The lawn was green in the front um, our my front lawn, which is oyster grass just, and it's usually pretty drought tolerant does pretty well. It's kind of designed for the hot weather. I've been watering and watering and water. It's just been so hot and no moisture that uh, it's, it's having trouble keeping up. So we'll talk more about that. Of course, of course we'll have some great show notes that we'll post out. At the average You can go to the average guy.tv slash HGG457 for this show and get all in access to all the show notes. Don't forget, you can download the mobile app, homegadgetgeeks.com, Android, and iPhone available there for you for free. Just download it's the best way to listen on the road or whatever, whenever you need to stream it. It's an easy way to get it done. Just have it on your phone as a backup. Just have it there, even if you don't use it. It doesn't cost me anything. Well, it does cost me something. We appreciate our Patreon subscribers who help us pay for that each and every year homegadgetgeeks.com big thanks to Ryan and Bob from thinkcomputers.org they ha- they hung out with us last week we kind of got old school on uh, on builds and we talked about cooling in particular which is a subject we've never mike we've never really drilled down on it and it was no. it was good for me to kind of catch up on where cooling has gone and with with liquid cooling i think really just being an option now the days when i looked at it it was kind of awful it's gotten a lot easier I think you can just do it, right? You've, you've got a liquid cooler, right? Yeah, the
1: AIOs make it so simple, yeah, right? Not yeah. have to do your own custom loop, just doing an AIO. And, and I, yeah, I agree. Much yeah. So
0: big, big thanks to Ryan and Bob who joined us from Think Computers next week. Uh, next week, or last week, next week, all ham show. So Mike is going to, Mike's done some new ham radio stuff over the last yep. couple of weeks. So we're going to dive into what he's doing. He admitted to me he was doing some soldering today. <laughs> And it wasn't going well.
1: <laughs> First time Dang. trying out solder, not a oh, good idea. To yeah. Oh, man. It was. It just takes some time, I think, to practice. So I was doing it on just some wires. I had never soldered in my entire life. Have a soldering gun, which I found is, I think, a lot harder to, to be accurate with than iron. Uh, but, yeah, I'll, I'll talk about that next week, my adventures with a soldering gun and, and getting definitely, into that. Definitely Dang. get the de- ironed. You've done some
0: you've done some soldering in your day, right? I mean, I'm
2: formally trained at the School of Top Gun the, from the US Navy to work to solder on F14s. Now, wow. if anyone has an F14, you just bring it to me, I'll <laughs> solder it back together. Very practical skill. Oh, good old good old Navy days. Have you done much have you done much soldering post Navy? I have a big huge bag. Now, I used to Jim, I used to, um, I used to work under a microscope, right? I would put stuff together and fix boards and I would sit at my desk and we were, I I remember we were out in the Persian Gulf, uh, desert storm and someone burned a hole through a board and you're like, you know, we got to fly. We need to fix this board, you know, today, McCabe. So you (laughs) relay the epoxy over it. You relay the solder runs, you drop the eyelets, you drop the circuits in, Wow. And you're like, you hand over this masterpiece of a circuit board and you're like, this is two days of my entire life. You know, <laughs> take care of it. And then 30 minutes later, you'll get another work order. It's the same board with a big hole burnt right through it. And you're like, oh, so <laughs> that's the military.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Have you done um, post? Have you done? Did you have to do any work like that post Navy? Have you done anything on computers that way? Have you soldered
2: anything? Not big jobs. I I still love to do it. I love to, like, pull things off and fix things and and make my own, you know, do breadboard, you know, kind of projects and repairs. But nothing like I used to. I used to have this huge station with vacuum solder, and, you know, it was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is
1: nowhere near that level. This is uh, putting together just ham radio antennas and, and, you know, soldering uh, P259 connectors to cables and stuff I like that it. so
2: yeah it's a little bit different than uh you know the cat shot you know than an f14 takes so. <laughs> very different <laughs> at home there's just one quote you know bigger the blob better the job so just solder it up man just solder it up
1: <laughs> i but yeah i keep hearing about cold solder joints and all that stuff that i have it's, it's gonna take some time it's gonna take some googling
2: yeah just reflow it just flux it Jabs I would do that if I knew it, what that meant. it and pull it off. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it'll work. All right. A lot of so, fun. new skills
0: for those who are uh, maybe you're new to Home edge Geeks or you've just joined us in the last couple of years. Of course, Dave, longtime podcaster uh, that I had the opportunity. My very first podcast was with Dave back on Home Server Show. Dave, August twenty fourth, which was just a couple of days ago, nineteen ninety five was the Windows ninety five launch. And uh, 25, 25, years ago, and not that we were podcasting then, but well, do
2: you know, let me tell you a significant story for yeah. that, because yeah. I went to Best Buy that, that very day for the launch, cause I was going to buy it and I did buy it and they were having specials and I bought what little did I know would change my entire life on that one day was called a diamond Rio and it was an mp3 player that probably held two songs and i used that diamond rio for years and years and years and years and then when podcasting came around i was trying every software package i could find to get podcasts onto that player so i could listen while i mowed and and did things and and i eventually bought bigger and better things but that was my first mp3 player was The Windows ninety five launch, and it was like this special. You bought, you bought the Windows ninety five, and they gave me this Diamond Rio. I don't know why, but they did.
0: Well, and good that they did. That really, I mean, those days uh, from then until early two thousand. You know, right there was that was kind of the early era of it. I remember maybe two thousand one, a buddy of mine bringing in an iRiver. And wow. saying I can get like 35 songs on MP3. Wow. I mean, I remember in '97 a buddy of mine saying, "I'm ripping, um, I'm ripping MP3s at my house." I worked at a computer store in '97, and a guy saying, "Um, I'm ripping MP3s. It's gonna take all day, but they'll be there when I get home." Wow. You know, and it, it and it was like he was ripping them, you know, there and and those were some significant times. We 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 don't even think twice. Now, in fact, we think about enhanced audio and some of those kinds of things, lossless mm-hmm. in that. But that those were the days, right? Uh, and, get, and getting things started. Yeah.
1: I was four years old when Windows 95 came out.
0: <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, it, it's, um, we're a little me. older than you. But Dave, I, I kind of think about that April. I think it was April day about 12 years ago when you said yes to allowing me to be on Home Server Show. And I think you had Chris and John and me all on the same night. Yeah. And no, we, I don't think we broadcasted live in those days. I think it was just, no, just recording. It. Yeah. And, yeah, and uh, it. I think show around show 40 or something like that. And uh, yeah. that's about 12 years ago. I think yeah. now that 11, 12 years ago, coming up December 3rd is the 10th anniversary of home gadget geeks, which started as home tech. And so we'll be celebrating. We'll have a big show uh, yeah, that yeah. Uh, December 3rd. It'll be kind of fun. But I always, I always hark back to the day I contacted you and said, Hey, if you're ever, if you're ever interested in having a, a, you know, having a guest, I'd love to be on the show. I know you were my
2: crazy fan that emailed <laughs> yeah. me and said, Dave, I've listened to every single show on a cross country trip with my family. I did. And I just really emailed you back and said, can I have the address of your wife? Cause I want to apologize to her.
1: <laughs> so, yeah,
2: no, I did. I had you uh, on and Chris and Zadler. And oh. I thought one of these guys has got to be good enough to podcast with me, yeah. right? Yeah, I was like, man, I love all three of these guys. We're just going to have this big, fun podcast. All four of us will do it. We had the best time. Dave. So yeah. I have was an a- assumption from back then, because you
1: said you used to just record and then you obviously you moved to going live. Um When I started my podcast, and now this was a lot later um, after podcasts were already relatively big, I, I've always assumed that people only started doing live podcasts because of Leo Laporte. And the Twit Network and what they were doing over there, and the fact that they were live streaming. Because when I got into, I used to listen to his podcast just because I found it through iTunes, and then I realized that they, you know, broadcast live. They're doing video. I mean, were they really the first kind of pioneers of a, a big podcast doing live streaming? I've, I've always assumed that, but I guess I never, you know, I, I don't know my podcast history of were there people doing live streaming before Twit? That's a good question.
2: Yeah, it's a good question. Who? I'm
1: okay, because I mean, so they were live. my inspiration to do things live. I loved that format. I thought that was so cool. They had a chat room. You know, they they were able to people were able to interact with them. So that is that was my inspiration for if I'm going to do a podcast, I'm just going to do it live. Mm-hmm. But obviously, like I said, I joined after live was already a thing for podcasters who started just recording. And uh, then they switched over at some point. There yeah. were some
0: Silicon Valley startups like Cranky Geeks. That was John C. Dvorak, his Dvorak, early work. Yeah. Oh, and that's who's right? the other yeah. the
2: guy, the father. I can't even think of his name. Uh, Adam, Adam Curry. Yeah. So I would yeah. probably say maybe he did. But, yeah. you know, honestly, what changed our lives was Google. Yeah. When Hangouts, Hangouts came a thing. Yeah, That's true. We all, you know, Jim and I were on the forefront. When Hangouts had their, their live invitation for YouTubers I got an invite and I remember Jim was mad at me because he didn't get one and I was like let's just try it tonight we'll go live yeah. and because yeah. uh, everybody was asking us to right yeah well, well, I, I
1: think it, 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 it was so that. much work before that right I mean you had to it get Skype Ustream. and record all different God. ways I mean it was it was difficult to do it before hangouts I remember doing a few of them before that and like with Skype it's, it's you use call it's recorder done, yeah. and, and good did luck did doing it live yeah. yeah we
0: did live audio on Ustream
2: uh, before the video we did that it's and, true and, and i re- it for almost live, a year i think you stream and then we did a live stream.com justin.tv
1: was big back then yeah uh, whenever, we never cast. did justin
2: but
0: but well then then google came along and i remember that day i called dave we talked and it that, launched yeah, on changed, tuesday the video we we, yeah. we were on it on yeah we were on it wednesday i was like i was figuring it out at work and I'm like, we can do this. And so yeah. we uh, that that Wednesday night, I think, because we recorded Wednesday nights in those it days, mm-hmm. and um, which is why Home Gadget Geeks, I think, it's is on, on Thursday. Thursday. <laughs> yes, yeah, because exactly. we did a Home Server Show on Wednesday. Right. And uh, and I remember um, having that and just thinking, and man, we did not move away from Hangouts forever. I mean, I took it down to the nearly down to the end of it, uh, Mm -hmm. the end of life with it. We used it a ton. It really changed for us. It really changed a lot of the way we interacted with our audience. And I think of the folks out there, you know, like, like Jim Shoemaker, who would come to the meetups, be a part of those groups, Tony Rayner, Kevin Schoonover, um, those, those folks who would be a part of all those times and just kind of part of our community. And it continues on today. They listen to Reset. I'm sure you still hear, Dave. I'm sure you still hear from some of those folks, right, on Reset? Oh, yes.
2: I have a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I almost forgot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I do it's... have a podcast. And I honestly, I've taken the summer off. I, I didn't tell anybody. I just kind of yeah, took right. the summer off.
0: It's okay. We're going to... Uh, We're going to dive in uh, to some work here, but it sure is great. I mean, I think about, you know, the 10 years coming up for Home Gadget Geeks. I think about the 12 years that I've been hanging out, 12 or 13 years I've been hanging out with you, Dave. Uh, Windows 95 uh, anniversary. And it's just great. I mean, those are some very fond memories for me and in in a very important, you know, 20 years of my life that have Mm -hmm. been all around tech. So thanks for thanks for sharing it with me. I appreciate it. That's well, great. we want to talk lawns. I'm going to get a comment in uh, YouTube from somebody that says that ah, took you 25 minutes <laughs> to get to the point. I just got, I just Dave, I just got one of those like two weeks ago. Somebody again like, took, you five, yeah, took you five minutes to get to the point. It's like, well, yeah, sorry, big
2: congratulatory
0: backslappers. <laughs> so great. I'm sorry, um, go, episode 100. <clears throat> we yeah, exactly. We um, we we're in part three of a three part series that we're kind of doing on lawn care. We spent some time in the spring talking about kind of what to do to get ready. Um, Dave, we had to schedule for the summer. You couldn't make it uh, a, little, a little bit of an emergency, and so we, we filled in for you and talked about summer. The goal today, and I think kind of the important part is to think about fall, because there's a lot of things if you can set up now, you'll have such an easier time in the spring. Absolutely. And so I think fall is the key. A lot of people think it's spring, but I think fall is really, really, really key. It,
1: but before you get to fall, I think, you know, so I have a suggestion. And I want to run it by run it by the master here and see if it's a decent idea. So this is more of a recovery from a really hard summer. We talked about it earlier that, you know, if, if you've survived this summer, you're a magician. So my lawn is weed free, crabgrass free. The grass like where it's not brown, it's healthy, luscious, gorgeous. Right. But if if there's areas of my lawn that don't have shade right now, they're just they're, they're turning brown. So my idea, and I haven't done this yet, but my idea is, so when the sprinkler guy came out to adjust my sprinklers, I think he was looking for even spread across the entire yard, right? Here is your, you know, we're making sure everywhere is getting covered. Right now I think is a good time to go out and take pictures of all the brown spots in your yard. Cause then you know those places need more water and the places, cause I have areas that are super green, right? I have the areas that are growing up really tall and some areas where they aren't growing a lot. And those areas don't need as much. So I don't think I need even spread of water. I need more concentrated water in certain areas. So I'm wondering if I take pictures now, because this is so hard to do in the spring, because you don't know really the areas of your lawn that are going to really need that water that don't get enough shade. So I'm wondering, you know, to kind, of pre, to kind of plan for this, going out, taking pictures, and then is it smart to adjust your sprinklers to maybe not do quite even spread, but more targeted these areas I know Need more water, or will that just screw me up? And then next summer, I'll have
2: the opposite spots being brown. You know what? I would say, don't overthink this.
1: <laughs> I think I am. I'm already overthinking it because like but it's killing under, me having all this brown in my yard.
2: Watering just fine. Okay, it, it just means that that grass under the shade is not just. It's not letting off the water that that grass over there in the in the pure sun is. And and so if you don't have weeds and your grass is dormant you are in fantastic shape you're going to have a great fall plan and we are going to see to it on this very show that you have a successful spring going into the fall okay well
1: you talked me off the ledge so so there's there's hope it's not all bad if your lawn's looking a little brown right now not terrible. Good to know. Okay, so now I'm ready then for the fall stuff because I whew, I, need, I need some motivation here.
2: <laughs> yes, you are. And, and what I would say is it's, it's always a good time to go out and see if your sprinklers are operating correctly. You know, right. if you don't have an automated sprinkler, you know, I stand in the middle of my yard getting sprinkled all the time, just checking zones, making sure things are running fine. And just like you said... It's a good way to – it's more for when you have green grass and you're having a a heat stretch. You can look inside that green grass for little patches of dryness, and you can see it. It's all over my yard. There are Mm -hmm. certain spots that don't get water. And I go out with a clipboard, and I circle them. And it's been the same two years in a row, and I'm just – I can look standing in my yard and think, man, if this head was over – like three feet, I would be good to go, so it's a good thing to to just do that now, if your lawn is dormant, your lawn is dormant it's not because you weren't watering it's it's just it was hot and it was humid, and the grass checks out, but you still have to water you you the crown of the grass which is right near the ground, is still alive that needs to be healthy that still needs to be watered so <laughs> We always say, don't, don't stop watering in the summer. Keep watering. But if your grass goes dormant, just embrace it. It's fine. Yeah. It will come back. And it was, it was a very difficult summer. I mean, it was very difficult. Now, I brought you guys something. Since we're talking sprinklers, we're just going to go for it right now. And this is a sprinkler head filter. So if you pop off your sprinkler head, it just maybe even a small nozzle, Not, um, well, every sprinkler head has it and it drops down in just like, just like so. And you can see mine right here, very dirty, caked up with sediment. So that's something you can do is just go head to head and twist off the top. Just YouTube it. If you have hunter nozzles or you have rainbird nozzles, or there's a couple other brands, uh, house brands for Lowe's and and Home Depot, just Google it and you'll find how to take the heads off and you can check these little filters and you can buy these, you can buy a bag of these at the store. Dave, I think
0: sprinkler heads are something that people don't think like growing up, you know, we had an irrigation system. I grew up in California. We had an irrigation system. My dad never used it. And, and it certainly wasn't on a schedule. Like it was, you had to go out and turn it on. Right. And he, he just didn't, he just didn't. And in those days, you kind of put your sprinklers in, you kind of set it and forget it. They really just came on. Now I think, I, I watch these guys on YouTube and sprinklers get pretty sophisticated. Like, I mean, you got different patterns, you can do different, you can put different heads in there. Like you're talking about, right. you can have a filter. So it made good. I think a guy like Tony Rayner, who just got his kind of irrigation system up and running and had been broken. I think it's worth it to kind of dig in, figure out, okay, what kind of heads do I have? What do they do? What are my options? What are, what are the parts for them? And especially going into the fall, you know, you talked about maybe areas going dormant, Mike, I don't think it's a bad idea. Dave, you said this as well. Take a few notes where things didn't go really well on your life. right Right. And fall is a good time to start thinking about your plan for the spring. Like, okay, what am I going to do? What can I do now? What kind of things can I change? Could I move ahead? Could I mm-hmm. change some things around? Could I put a different head in there? You might have a half or a, a a 180 and you need a, more concentrator you need to shoot it farther or some of those kinds of things so getting to know those parts dave i think is is really key know what you have
2: know what's available to you right
1: i didn't even know there was a filter (laughs) (laughs) i'll just say that i had no idea sprinkler heads had filters in them i've never taken them apart
2: yeah some of the biggest things is like on a rainbird rotator uh head there's also a nozzle and it has a flow rate And it's a different color code for flow rate. It could be a two-gallon or a three-gallon or a four-gallon, sometimes even a one-gallon flow. And that will change how much water is getting on your yard, you know, per hour. So you really should know that. And, you know, just like we talked in the spring, and by the way, you guys did a fantastic job on the summer show. Spring, and here in the fall, the two things that we're going to do right is we're going to water water. And we're going to mow. It, it, it doesn't stop. So we're still going to have to do those things right. And one of the things that, Mike, we're going to just start with you right now is you need to do, you need to go out and, and be a weatherman. We're going to be a weatherman right now. We're going to look at 30 days into the future. And we're going to see when those temperatures start to drop. Because when those temperatures do start to drop, your grass is going to just be like, hey, it's time to go. And you want to. You want to make sure that grass has wa- has been watered, and has a decent shot of fertilizer when it wakes up, and it's gonna it's gonna go gangbusters again. We want so we want to make sure that we give it a drink and we feed it, and it will take off when you when your temperatures start dropping.
1: Oh, when you said it's they're gonna go, I think you meant it's time to go quiet for the winter. No, they're gonna so, pick back up
2: again. You're gonna have for a the entire gorgeous fall. Gorgeous lawn. One more time before winter okay because you guys are a cool season we're almost the same what do you call this one latitude yeah i don't know longitude i don't know if i did very really well in that class here's your um (laughs) here's your weather yeah um we're looking for low humidity as well but look at these 70s and these nighttime temperatures look at your nighttime temperatures guys
0: yeah 50s which are great for the cool season grasses right that's gonna Trigger those. Dave, let Mm -hmm. me just say too, before we, before we dig into this, Mm -hmm. I think it's important if you're coming to this podcast and you're thinking like, okay, I want to, I ignored the spring and the summer one because I'm not in the lawns, but now I want a better lawn next year. I think the first step is to know what kind of lawn do you have, right? Is it a, we say cool season or like I have a, I have Zoys out front, which is a Bermuda type grass. It's kind of designed for really hot weather. It goes dormant in the winter. Back is fescues and Kentucky bluegrass, which are cool season grasses, right? They act very different. I actually have to treat them very, very different. Full sun out front, shade in the back. It works perfect for my, kind of my environment here. I'll show my, I'll show both lawns here in a little bit, but okay. So knowing that, I think folks, don't you think it's good to kind of, like you talked about in the spring show of getting maybe like, let's, let's figure out what you have got
2: going into the fall. Mike got us on sprinklers, which gets me yeah. excited because yeah. I really <laughs> love my sprinklers. But, um, I derailed us. Let's not forget that there's a couple of requirements for this show, and I really think you should go back and listen to the spring show, and that will, that will explain a lot of things. But um, remember, I'm not a pro. I just kind of do this because I got shafted by some pros, and I like to do it myself. A couple of things we want to know is we want to know what zone we're in. And Jim, you're... That's crazy. You've got a warm season grass in the front and a cool season grass in the back, and that yeah. would drive me absolutely Oh, no, it's bad. great. It's great for me. It would kill me, Yeah, but yeah. it's fine. It yeah. works, and and you can do it, but make sure you know what zone you're in. Just search on Google, you know, zone hardness uh, zone, and you will figure it, out, figure it out. Next, you need to know what grass type you have, and- I got an app for us the other day and I haven't been able to make it work. And because I know you always ask me, what are some, um, some apps that you can apply to this? And it's called cano C-A-N-O-P-E-O. You're supposed to be able to take a picture, point it at your lawn. It's supposed to tell you what grass type you have. C-A-N-O-P-E-O. Someone needs to figure it out and, let me know if it works. Say
0: that one more time. I'm going to tap your now. Dave, tap your um,
2: your again. thing for me. No, it's okay. It's just My getting all quiet. will is... see if okay. we get along. Is that better? Yeah, there you go. Okay. So Cano, Cano, P.O., Canopio. It It's oh. the weirdest name. Yeah, it Cano. is a weird name. So C A N O P E O.
1: This is great because we were just talking. Oh, man, I lost my video again. (laughs) I got distracted. I got distracted. distracted. And uh, there goes my video. So
2: keep going, Dave. Okay, so we want to know what zone we're in. We want to know what grass type we have. And for the fall, something huge is we need to know when to expect our first frost. Because our first frost is going to tell us when we're going to basically slow down and stop almost. We will work back from that first frost. So generally about 40 to 45 days of work time prior to our first frost. So we need to know that in the fall as well. And that will set us up for Gangbuster Spring one more time.
0: We were, we were talking about the weather. So let's, let's, I, I interrupted you in the middle of that as we were thinking about, Dave, you were, you were kind of give us, this is our, this is uh, Omaha, or Bellevue. Um, I'm not that far from Mike. We're, we have been in a heat wave. We're coming, it looks like we're coming out of it and we're seeing some nightly temps of 75, some morning temps of 50, which are, for cool season is dynamite. Why is that? I mean, so, Mike, Mike has admitted he's got some damage. He's going into the fall. He hasn't really paid attention because he's been on vacation every other. I'm week. Deflated. <laughs> I'm just so so. Dave, some seeing this, knowing what's coming up, and our our first frost hard to predict here in Nebraska. Really hard to predict, hmm. but we'll say maybe late October probably is what okay. is when
2: we'll experience those. But that's a good one. What, what would you say? So I I put did I put a you I put a YouTube link in the chat for a video and it is a video about the average first frost per zone in uh, the 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 49 states. It just lets you know when your average first frost is going to be and you can take that average and then you can look up averages for your area, you know, in in past years and you can you can work from that as well. And the other thing that I like to do is I'd like to know what my soil temperature is. And I would be really interested to see what your soil temperature is. So if you have um, just a thermometer that you stick in a pork chop to make sure it's 165 degrees, sneak it out when your wife's not at home and go stab (laughs) it in the lawn. It will tell you that you guys are probably... If you're having those cool of a nights you you're probably around 72, 73, 74 degrees right now. And I did mine last week and I was about 74. So I'm thinking maybe you're a little lower because we've had, you know, some 90s and a lot of humidity, so we might be a little warmer than you <clears throat> The reason you want to know that as well is because when the soil temperature gets down to 70 degrees, those dormant weed seeds in the soil decide to, to wake up. So Mike, if you don't have weeds now, you're going to in about two weeks because those weeds are going to wake up. So I was talking with Jim earlier with you guys earlier is fall gives us two pathways. And if you had a rough summer, perhaps like me, I, one part of my yard looks great. The other part, I had a little bit of a, I had a dollar spot fungus problem. So when you have a fungus problem, grass dies. So if you have a, a, like a turf type tall fescue or any type of fescue lawn, that grass will not regenerate itself. That dead spot is there forever, (laughs) forever. Unless you have something like uh, a bluegrass or a Kentucky bluegrass that will heal itself and grow into those new areas you literally have to put seed and that's why when you go to Lowe's and Home Depot they have that jug called the patchmaster or something and you sprinkle it and it has seeds and it has insulation and you sprinkle it on the dirt well you scratch the dirt you sprinkle it on the dirt and then you water it in and then in 10 days you get little baby grasses and your patch is fixed well we have to decide if we're going to fix our yard with overseeding or if we want to just keep attacking weeds our like Jim, like your backyard sounds like it's done great. It's had a good time. It's about time to party again. So probably we're going to do the pre-emergent route and we're going to throw down at 70 degrees. We're going to throw down a pre pre pre-emergent dithiapyr or a prodiamine. We can throw down either one of those Generally, you would use the one that you didn't use in the spring. So if you threw down prodiamine in the spring, let's let's switch over to a dithiopyr right now and put that down at 70 degrees. And what that does is it puts a barrier on your grass that when the crabgrass comes up, it will still grow. It just hits the top of the soil layer and that, that barrier and it will die. It will kill it. So it's like throwing in like this weed preventing blanket inside your soil. And I think it's amazing.
0: I didn't quite understand that. And I used to try to overseed and put down pre-emergent.
2: And of course you're defeating the purpose, right? I mean, it's, it's also going to block your You're hurting anything. You're just throwing money away. That's the thing with lawn care. You, it's really hard to hurt your lawn these days. It's just, how can we do it efficiently? And so these two paths will tell us what we want to do. A lot of people, Jim, they will, throw down prodiamine. They'll spend a hundred dollars and put down the pre-emergent and then they'll go rent an aerator and start poking holes in the lawn. And what you've done is just like a little blanket that you've put out over something you want to keep warm. You just poked holes in your blanket. Yeah. So it makes it ineffective. So we really have to plan. Now I gave you guys a task on the spring show is to create a spiral And track everything. So my hope is that you track your your water usage, your rain, your mows, your fertilizers, when you put down your weeds. If you walk around in your lawn, what weeds are you seeing? And are are you identifying the weeds? I believe that we talked, did we not talk about an app last time called Picture This if we didn't, there's an. I don't app know if we called, did. Did we? There's an app called Picture remember. This. I don't think we did. Once again, you take your phone and you take a picture of the weed, and it will tell you what it is, so you can defeat it. So, more tech for you that way. But that that spiral that book is so important because it it will humble you, and you can say, you know, my book is honestly, Jim, it's full of. I did this too late. I did this too late. I did this too late. (laughs) Right. I, my region has high humidity. Do you guys have humidity? Oh yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. We have high humidity in central Indiana is a fungus wonderland. So we have a lot of dollar spot. We have a lot of uh, rust and all these yucky, and I totally missed my window. So instead of doing a preventative, Fungicide, I had to do, you know, double rate as a curative rate. Which it it worked. Everything works. It just it's double. It costs more. And I'm kicking myself. And sometimes it's just we were on vacation and you come back and it's like, why are these yellow rings in my yard? And why is all my stuff dying? I set my sprinklers to go, you know. So sometimes things happen, just life happens. But you have to take notes. And write it in your spiral, even when you screw up. We we um, talked about this, the mower app plus
0: or the mower plus app from John Deere, and you can put any mower. You don't have to have a John Deere mower, but this is kind of cool because you can put it. You can start it. Yeah, you got it.
1: You, you have a mowing it, folder. There you go. It
2: I do have a lawn folder. You can, um,
0: which is which is right, is what you should what what you should do, but it'll track your mows. And it'll track the GPS on your mows. Yes, it does. will tell you how long. And I mean, if you like that, if you like that kind of stuff, it's pretty great. It'll also tell you how much it's rained in your area since your last mow. Okay, and that's Dave, a good thing to know. Yeah. No, and, and to your point, I I I took a little vacation this summer and I came back and my lawn was super thick. And I'm like, I thought I just mowed it. And I checked the app. Nope, it had been nine days. And I was like, mm-hmm. okay, no wonder. Well, I'm not going to want to mow that. I'm not going to clip, put those clippings back on the lawn. There's too many of them. It's too hot. It'll put too much stress on the lawn. So you put your bagger on and you bag those. You don't like to do that. I have a, I actually have a flower garden up at the top of my property where those nutrients will leach out and leach back into the lawn. Mm-hmm. So I don't worry about it too much, but it is one of those things where it just helps with the data. Right. And mm-hmm. I think with the spiral or whether you keep track of it in one node or whatever, right. It's kind of knowing that... Mike, did you get a spiral started? Uh, Did did you write anything down this year? I used OneNote.
1: Yeah, I started using OneNote. And I I did that. And I I put in there a win... See, because I'm still using the chemical company that we talked about last time because it's a a darn good deal. And uh, I can tell it works because my flower beds have weeds and a lot of weeds. Like, we Mm -hmm. are just plucking so many weeds out of those flower beds. Nothing in the grass. So it's been working. So I've been tracking when they've been coming. I've been trying to put in because they leave us a sheet when they leave. And says, "Here's what we did. Here's all the stuff. Here's some, and they give you like some tips of like water it a you know this much in the next few days. Keep your dog off this one because this one needs to set in for a day before you let people walk on it. Stuff like that. And um, so I've been keeping track of that. The biggest one for me is when did I sharpen my blade last? Because uh, I, I keep forgetting. Okay, was that did I do that in the spring? Did I just do that in the summer? When did I did oil changes for my mower, I like to stay on top of that. I do a lot of oil changes on there, probably more than I need to, uh, but I like to do it." All sorts of stuff, you really got me on a kick, and I started tracking everything. I even took it beyond the home, beyond uh, the lawn. I'm tracking furnace filter changes, uh, everything around the house is now in one note, and I love it. It's it's Isn't a it nice, to go to lows?
2: A stuff. I'm in the middle of Lowe's, and I open it up, and I'm like, okay, I need two 20 by 25 by fours, and I need one 16 by 20 by four. Yeah, thank god it's in there. Cause no matter how many times
1: you buy filters, you'll always forget the size and you'll second guess yourself when you get there. Yeah. Always.
2: Yep. Always. hundred oh, percent. I, I love doing that. And so Jim, coming back to your, your problem, you come back from vacation and a lot of folks will do this. They have this gorgeous lawn, but it's nine inches long and yeah. laying over. Yeah. It's gorgeous. Yeah. And then they'll mow it. And then the next day they're like, God, why does my lawn look like dog? It's yellow. Well, yeah. most folks will stress the crap out of it by mowing it because we still need to observe the one-third mowing height. So if you have a high lawn, it's no big deal. But you may have to hit it twice. Mm-hmm. So you're gonna have to raise to your highest level. You may even have to move wheels, move your mowing deck if you have a if you have a rider and cut off that top just a little bit. Just cut the little bit off. And then go a different direction and do it again. Yeah, you're mowing twice, but your lawn's going to be happier because you haven't stressed it so much by, you know, mowing. Most people will mow two thirds of it off mm-hmm. and then leave it lay in there. Mm-hmm. And it's just, you, you see all those clumps. It's like, wow, I don't know why I do this. I should bag all these clippings. Well, <laughs> if, you, if you mowed it right, you wouldn't have clippings. You know, laying all over the yard. Well,
0: that's the key, Dave, right? I mean, if you're mulching and you're starting to see mulch come out, like, okay, it's time to bag. And that's really hard, I think, for some of us because you're like, no, I want to leave it on the lawn. Well, okay, even when you bag, you're still going to leave some of your clippings on the lawn. So don't totally freak out about that. The bag doesn't get 100%. But then find a way to incorporate those clippings back into your yard if you can. Like mulch them into something. Put them in a bed somewhere. You know, it just depends on what you, what you do. I, I, like I said, I have a little bit and, you know, this sounds weird, but I have like a little bit of a leach field that sits at the top of the yard and stuff goes up there. And then as it, as it rains, as just, if things begin to break down, it can work its way down into the grass. It goes through the, the landscaping and works its way into the grass. Man, the grass that's up by that area is green all the time. Right. Like it loves the microorganisms and everything that's up there. You've got to decide kind of how to get that done. Um, and, and so it just kind of depends on the yard um, that you have. But if you're leaving clippings, throw the bagger on there until you're not. Like, and if you're leaving clippings often, you're probably not mowing enough, right?
1: Or you're a right. double center like me <laughs> and mm-hmm. you don't mow enough and you bag every time no matter what. I have mm-hmm. never not bagged my lawn. Um, mm-hmm. And it so reborn? it's usually because I've gone too long. And then I end up, because especially with I have the rider, I don't have the mulching kit. So it just shoots it out the side. And then I end up with piles, uh, places. Yeah, so I'm a double sinner, and I'm probably really stressing my lawn out.
2: Okay. Well, just, just that's, that's in your spiral right now. Fall <laughs> things I've learned. You need a mulching kit. Do I need to go to confession too? I feel like I need to go to confession or something. <laughs> it, it's, it's okay, my son. It's, you know, your yard <laughs> but you are throwing away free nitrogen because you're clipping off that grass that has nutrients in it and you're throwing it away Yeah. instead of returning it back, you know, and, and your, your grass needs that. People are so scared of thatch. It's just like this keyword people are so scared of. Yes. They bag and bag and bag and bag. So, don't be scared of it.
1: That's been me. I was kind of raised on the whole like, oh, I've never had to dethatch because I don't I bag every single time and it works really well. And and I guess I've been I haven't been bitten by it hard enough to learn my lesson, I think is it. But uh oh, you can bag forgive like. me, Dave. I have be- said it's been uh one week since I bagged last, <laughs> right? <laughs> you can bag. It's okay to bag. Like I mean, you can do it. You just
0: you're gonna end up feeding your lawn more to right. get the same. Like you're, 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 it's a trade off, right? And, and all these things are trade offs. I mean, you can water less. You're just, it, during times of stress, your lawn's not going to look as good, right? I right. Mean, so they're all just, they're just kind of trade offs in the system. Dave, speaking of watering, as we think about going into the fall, what, um, and, and things locked up here. So I don't know if you guys can still hear me, but if you can, uh,
2: Dave, yeah, in the fall I here, when it comes to watering. Yeah, it sounds like the internet is giving us Maybe it's Jim cuz I see Mike moving. Yeah, I think Mike, it is. I'm me. here. Yeah, no, it is. I me. think if if
0: you, you guys can, can hear, hear me. If if lost, can I hear lost I lost earlier.
1: So, I'm good. I think Jim's can't hear us okay, anymore. We, are we are we back? We can, we've been able we to mean, hear you.
0: Okay, good. So, um yeah, it was definitely me. Some weird things were going on on this side, but Dave, as we think about moving into the fall in, 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 you know, okay. So summer's over. I made some mistakes. I wrote them down. Maybe I didn't. And we need to do that next year. How can we start over in the fall? I mean, can, can we kind of make up for some sins of the summer and the spring?
2: Well, I hate to tell it, to, I hate to break this to you guys and everybody listening, but 2020 one, there's one good thing. The lawn season for 2020 is pretty much over. Everything we're going to do now is for next year, but fall is one of the most funnest times for the lawn guy because you get to make all kinds of decisions. You get to throw all kinds of stuff down on the lawn and your lawn will forgive you for all of your summer transgressions against it. Mike.
1: Yeah, no kidding. But I thought you said it's going to spring back a little bit too in
2: the fall, but maybe not if it's been completely dead. Well, if you had, if if you like didn't water at all, and you have huge fissures in your in your dirt, got yeah, it. Okay. Your grass, your crowns probably have died, but grass is very very forgiving. If if it got just a little rain and a little water, it just went dormant. It will bounce back. But we're gonna try to time it. And the calendar that I saw from you guys, I'm thinking, do some work this weekend, trim it up edge it, do all the stuff you need to do and let's start hitting it with water and let's wake it back up. And More
1: start- water than we have been, you mean? If
2: it sounds like yours is dormant, so we probably haven't done any. I would make sure I did. I
1: do a ton of water.
2: Really? Oh, yeah. You want to make sure that you're doing deep, infrequent watering. So I wouldn't do three days a week, but I would do maybe a couple of deep water. So four days a week. When that grass wakes back up, we want that water to be in the soil, right? Not on the top. You know, because if you if you just run your your heads for 10 minutes and then shut them down, all that water's on the top. It's it's never going to seep, seep down into the soil. So we want to do deep, infrequent watering to wake our soil back up. And that's probably two or three times a week. Okay. Good to no. know.
0: And Dave, could we plan that? Okay. I'm, I'm going to bring that page back up just because, mm-hmm. and this is our area, right? But, you know, we're, we're going to see at least now, September 7th, we start a run of seventies. And so we're not going to lose a lot of, I mean, the, the, we're not going to lose a lot of the water during the day. If I put that water in on the lawn, I water it deep. It's gonna go in. and It's gonna sit in the, the soil. Mm-hmm. Today, when I when I water areas, it's so hot by the afternoon that soil is already dry. Like mm-hmm. it goes fast, right? But but it, is it safe to say like starting on our schedule here? You know, we see seventies here starting Monday the seventh. That may be a good time for Mike to change his watering schedule to go maybe Monday Thursday and run those. Twice as long, or maybe three times as long as he had before, to really let that water settle in, right?
2: Yeah, and we talked about this in the spring. Is we really need to know how much water your sprinkler puts down, right. right? You can water it 10 minutes a zone, 30 minutes a zone. I have no idea. You really have to do the tuna can challenge,
1: eight, so it's probably too low no matter what, but it yeah. runs three. You can- but so it does a round of eight, a round of eight, and a round of eight. It runs three times in the morning. That's not,
2: that's not bad. Okay. That's, yeah, you're you're doing a, a a soak, so you're letting that water not sit on top and run off. But it's eight minutes. It soaks in, and then it does another eight minutes. Yeah.
1: Because I noticed it was all just running off. If you just yeah. if I just let it run for yeah, twenty four minutes altogether, so it's eight, eight, eight. Yeah. Cycle so,
2: yeah. Very good. So let's do that and. The biggest thing you can do, Mike, is just take one of those little hand shovels and go jab it into your ground. Pick up a plug of grass and get down six inches. What does it look like since it six inches down? And you can do that once a week and just figure out what your yard looks like during the week that I've been watering. Am right. I am I effective enough? Am I getting water down low? And the thing we want to do this, right. We want to do that deep infrequent watering because this grass is about to wake up and it's, it's about to start consuming all that nitrogen that, you know, the guy put out for you and it wants to grow. And we want to tell its roots to grow down to the water, not up to the water. And it it will, it'll be healthier when it comes to, uh, to the frost. It'll be much healthier when it gets to that. But yeah, it's go time for you guys. We, we have to decide if we're going to do a pre-emergent weeding or we're going to do an an overseeding run. Overseeding and even even a pre-emergent run, most of the times in the fall, we do a dethatch, we do an aerate, and then we do our overseeding prep or we go down the path of the pre-emergent. And we need to know what our soil temperature is in order to start this process. Guys, I've been, I open my OneNote probably 10 times a day and I go over my fall plan. It's just, I constantly go over it and over it and over it. And things change. Things have changed for me so much in just in the last month that I have two plans. The backyard, I'm doing an overseed. My front yard, I, find, I just decided I'm not going to seed. I'm not going to patch. I'm just going to go pre-emergent. and I've got issues out there that I need to attack, but some things you you have to make a decision. What am I going to do? You know, this year I have like 21, 22,000 square feet of lawn. So I have a lot to take care of. And you, you have to make these decisions early because when that soil temperature gets to 70 degrees, you, you need to have your pre-emergent down folks don't understand that the weeds will reactivate in the winter and they will grow up. Now, granted, these weeds, most folks just let grow and the winter will take care of them. That's usually what folks do. But the anal types like myself, I want that beautiful fall lawn. I don't want any crabgrass heads in it. If you do get crabgrass that pops up in the winter, it will seed the seeds go back down into the into the soil, and you have to deal with those in the spring. It's just a never ending cycle. So we we like to take care of it when we see it, right, or, or so, before it happens.
1: So, Dave, with that much lawn, are you making the same decision for the entire lawn, or are you saying, you know, this part of the lawn I'm doing, I'm going down this road, and the other part I'm going down the opposite road? You
2: know, I thought I had a plan this year, and then. We, we had a trampoline. We sold the trampoline. Well, now I have a huge round spot that's dead. And then my neighbor decides to put in a patio. So he's got equipment going over the grass. And he used part of my lawn. So now there's some dead spots there. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to overseed that. My front yard, I have I have a yellow edge that's killing me. And I'm, I'm trying to attack that. I have creeping bent grass. I live near a golf course. The golf course mowers go back and forth all day long. They drop bent grass and it gets into your yard and it starts growing like weeds. It's great for putting greens, but it looks awful in your lawn. So I I need to attack that as well. And I decided those little patches of bent grass are just going to stay there. I'm just going to deal with it because we also have an internet provider, a fiber provider is going to start digging fiber lines in everyone's front yards. And I'm like, anything I do, they're going to tear up. So sometimes you just have to accept what the factors around you give you and just do the best you can. And I'm going to go in my front yard. I'm going to go the pre-emergent round. Hit
0: your hit your mic again, Dave.
2: Yeah. I, there sorry. We go. No, there we go. go. No. So we're going to do the pre-emergent in the front yard. So I've been watching temperatures.
0: So Dave, I think what you're saying, and I, by the way, I really appreciate this. I think sometimes we think we have to apply one size fits all to every spot in our yard. In other words, you know, hey, I'm going to put all, I'm going to go buy a system. I'm going to put it on the whole yard. I actually have three different yards. I have this front, I have the front yard, which is a hundred percent full sun, Southern facing. It even leans into the South. So it just gets blistered. Zoysia grows great under those conditions, right? All summer carpet grass—you could sleep on it. It's awesome. Like, it is incredible. Does pretty well with water. Even in this kind of heat, it's still struggling, but it'll come back. The back bluegrass, um, Kentucky bluegrass grows great. Partial shade. Then I've got some real shade stuff, and I actually go to a—I go to a specialty grass store and I get a specialty kind of grass. That they make just for the shade, and I plant that in that area this year. And it's going to take me a couple years to fix that area. I've also had moles, which have just been devastating on the grass. Right? You've got one too. Oh my that's, god, dude! That's
2: why I'm late, Jim. I was fighting the mole. I
0: know. We'll have to have a whole, we'll have to have a whole mole show at some point. But um, so I have to treat those three areas very, very separately, right? And I and I actually put down. I do different things, a little bit different. I do the Scots program on all of it, but I treat them all a little bit differently. And Mike, I think that's the key is for you to learn those areas of your yard, right? And be like, hey, I'm going to do this here and that there. Today's point, writing that down and knowing it, because you're not going to remember in the spring. Like, you're no. like, what? what was I thinking? Like, what was that like? You know, and I think you're on to take some pictures and drop those into OneNote. Like, yeah. remind yourself of what those things um, kind of look like. Dave, you had mentioned, um, and I want to show this really quick, I think one of the best tools I've ever come across for getting soil samples is one of these little weasel, weeder, or whatever they come by, they have a whole bunch of different names, but basically they're great for dandelions. You put them in, you twist them, pull them out, it pulls the weed out. One of the great things, so it's, it's a great weeder, but one of the things it's good at is getting soil samples. So we talked about like How deep is the water going, Mike? This would be a good thing for you. Mm -hmm. How deep is the water going right now? You have no idea. You don't know how deep it's going. This thing will get you down about four inches. Go down, spin it, pull it, look at the core. And then you can tell like, oh, okay, that's how how deep the water's going. I've also used these for seeding. So if I have some areas that I just need to spot seed, in other words, I just want to get some seed in there to get some grass growing to kind of fill that area with go in there, half drop it, spin it, pull it out, throw it. I just carry some seed with me, throw it in there, push the dirt over the top of it and I'm good to go. Um, and that seed will then grow when today's like grass seed and weed seed aren't any different at 70 degrees, they germinate. So as soon as we hit that, if I have more seeds in my lawn that are not weed, the the grass will overcome the weeds because there's more of them. So I just try to keep seed in my lawn all the time, too, to, to make sure when the conditions are right, it just starts. It's go time.
2: Yeah, and and Mike has a unique situation because he has a lawn care chemical company. So there are things that he can control and control very well, and that is his watering and his mowing and spot treating, I would say. You probably can spot right. treat. Yep. I put I, I gave you a link. In uh, in the private chat, and I also put that link.
1: Yeah, I haven't pulled up here. I might head. order some of that for, especially for the
2: beds. And this is a, um, this is a, it, it, it's a it's a way to deliver Roundup basically um, via a foaming application, very directly. And I like to use this because I will get something that grows like two inches from a bush that I want to keep. But if Roundup touches it, it will die. So you use this little foaming applicator. And when the weed has a little V, it'll grow up and it has a little V. And you just place a little bit of that foam right there in in that plant and it will die. It will die in seven to ten days. And you can take this and I get, I don't know what you guys call them. I call them stinging nettles. It's those weeds that have the little pricklies on them. And if you touch them, they will burn your hand. And I get those growing in my flower beds all the time. I can throw out ten pounds of preen, P-R-E-E-N, which is a pre-emergent for mulch and and garden um, areas. I can throw out tons of that, but I'll still get stinging nettles. And all you got to do is just put a little drop on all of those. If you get vines growing up into your rose bushes, again, you just maybe even cut the vine and then drop and drop the foam right. It's just a way to deliver, you know, a weed killer very effectively. It, it works really well. And so you can control spotting. You can control um, your water and your mowing. And the the cool thing is, is I would get to know my chemical guy and say, hey, what are we doing this year? I don't think I need to overseed. Do you? Um, do we want to aerate? Are we going to throw down a pre-emergent? What do you think about... Um, Sounds like you don't have a thatch issue. Um, yeah, I don't. <laughs> so, um, we may not need to um, to to do that, but aerating is always good for a lawn. And what I like to tell folks around here is check uh, your Nextdoor app, your Facebook Marketplace app, and another thing you can do is if you don't if you're not a member of Angie's list, Create an Angie's List account, go on the website, and search for the service that you need done, like aeration. Just search for it. Because what we're doing is we're telling Angie what we need. And their marketing engine will start churning. And when somebody comes out, and inevitably all these lawn companies want to aerate your lawn, and you'll find someone who will send out one of those um, Angie's list coupons, $50 per yard, per yard, you know, up to 10,000 square feet or something. So you'll get a deal. You don't have to go to home Depot and rent the aerator for $120 for four hours. The things are so heavy. You have to get a neighbor to help you to make it cost effective. Right. And they're, they're work. I mean, I think it's fun, but you literally have to chase that thing. Cause it's so fast. And it's a lot of work. You got to turn it. The turning is killer and you'll, you'll hit a sprinkler head. So just do that. Try the Angie's list hack, search for it and see if you get a coupon, but otherwise use Nextdoor and Facebook marketplace. You can find people that will do aeration for you. And then, and then, you know, what I like to do is my fall plan. I'll give you some links later for your fall plan, but you need to make your fall plan. You need to write it down in your spiral. And it is, you know, it's water, 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 mow, mow, mow. But when we start to execute our plan, we need to mow once and then we, we need to mow shorter. And then we need to mow our grass almost to the, the point where it says, don't mow me anymore. Get it as short as you possibly can. And then aerate the crap out of your yard just poke holes everywhere. It's the funnest thing ever to do with all those little mud plugs all over your yard. You can throw them at your kids. It's fun. And, and then you can throw in a fertilizer or you can you can throw in your pre-emergent, whatever you, whichever route you decide to take. If you're going to overseed, then you would throw your seed down. You would throw down some peat or, or some of the straw, you know, whatever you want to do to cover it. But that's the best way to overseed is just to start poking holes. And Then go to your brown spots, get up all the dead grass, and put some seed down, put some topsoil down, and you know, in 10 days for uh, fescue, you'll have you'll have baby grass for rye, 10 days, Kentucky bluegrass, probably 21, 28 days of germination, and you keep you keep the soil wet, and you'll have great grass growing, and it, it, that's prior to the frost, right? Right. <clears throat> so we talked and, about that frost. We need to do, we need to know what third week of October, first frost. Well, those baby yeah. grasses, if the baby grasses just come up, and they get a first frost, they're going to die. But we want to mow our baby grasses two times before first frost. If that baby grass grows up, you mow it and it grows up again and you mow it again, you're golden. Yeah. When it gets a first frost, it's just grass by that time. It's just like, whatever, you know, we'll go dormant. We'll see you in the spring.
0: Mike, are you going to ask a question?
2: Yeah. Run no, that back. I was just
0: going
1: to recommend sure to calendar. Yeah. Well that, and then for aeration too, if you do have a lawn care company for chemicals, oftentimes they do a really discounted aeration. I think like my lawn care company, I for like 40 bucks. They'll yeah. come out and, and do your aeration if you use them for yeah. all the chemicals all year. If you so, get
2: your lawn done for $40, they're either undercharging you or – Something crazy going on up there in Omaha.
1: Well, I'm probably paying for it in all the other, you know, I'm paying 60 bucks an application, like eight that's or nine so times it's eight 40 or nine 50 times a year. Cheap. It's
0: 40 or 50. I paid a couple of years ago. I paid 30 to have my yard done. Yeah. It's, so it's
1: not too expensive. It's not, it's not that Dave. Yeah. Okay, oh, so that so, was without a lawn care company though. So that's good to yeah. know. So maybe there are even yeah. cheaper options out there. That I, be I think you're, I think
0: do. 40 or 50 is going to be what you're going to pay. Mike. Yeah. Just to be honest. And I think it's worth it. If you want to aerate it to Dave's point you don't want to go rent a thing unless
1: you got a neighborhood that where everybody's going to chip mm-hmm. in. And even that's kind of a pain. I've never even done aeration since I've lived here in four mm-hmm. years and it hasn't been terrible. Um, I don't know. Well, grab a yeah. screwdriver, just grab a big fat screwdriver and go out. And if it, if
0: you stick it in the ground, I mean, you got to go to a couple different places, if you stick it in the ground, it just slides in. You could probably get away. I mean, I think it's a good idea to do it, but if your soil's loose, you don't have to do it. Okay, so
2: so just putting oxygen pitch? into the soil. Yeah. that's all so, you're doing. Yeah. So it's
1: not about water. It's not about. It's about oh, yeah.
2: how dense your you're soil just. Is. You're just loosening the soil, yeah. getting yeah. oxygen down into it, and if you do the overseeding route, it's just a very good mechanism in in which to get seed into the dirt for seed to soil contact. Yeah. Right. That's, Got that? right? Yeah. So if that's
0: it's it. good, if it's a good shape, if your soil's loose, if you don't have a lot of thatch. You're probably, I mean, aeration also covers a thatch. It's a dethatching. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and it, you know, it it starts breaking down that thatch and then the thatch will start naturally start breaking it down because you've broken holes in the, in the layer. Right. And so um, it's a good idea, Mike, to do it. It's always a good idea. You can run behind it. You can also, if you've got one of those landscaping rakes, one of those not terribly expensive, 60, 75 bucks, whatever. You can go out and throw that seed and then rake your lawn or drag something over it. Mm -hmm. Um, Dave, I had a question for you. Okay. So you saw the, you saw the weather coming up. I've Mm -hmm. kept my lawn at three inches, pretty consistent, whole summer, keep it long, healthy. You just said, okay, start shortening it. Like when for me seeing my, knowing when the frost is coming and seeing when, if I was going to start shortening that up, do I start shortening up on the next cut or, or or when do I start shortening
2: up? Yeah. It it doesn't. Yeah. I have no idea. Your Kentucky bluegrass, however, it wants to be mowed low, but you have to train it. You really do. And that's one of the cool things I love about winter is because I can get it a little lower. Yeah. And it, it just has this little matted look to it and it's really good. Now you can't come out of summer and just whack off two inches. Right. 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 You really have to train it. So, But if I mowed it, let's say I mowed it the regular length
0: because we still have a couple hot days. Yes. Then it's going to start coming down. If I, every week, if I lowered
2: it one notch on the mower. just a little bit. Just a little, little, little bit. And maybe if you need to check what it looks like after you mow it. Right. If if you're still growing out um, dormancy, it's going to look yellow. But after a couple of fall mows. And you've hit it with nitrogen, that's you want to make sure there's a lot of nitrogen so it's gonna grow, grow, right, grow. Right. Yeah, and then you can start getting it cut. Cause I'm down. gonna
0: lay I'm gonna lay down some fertilizer next weekend so I mm-hmm. could begin to kind of start get that in there, get it in the soil, and then start reducing that. Yeah. And I could with the, the cool season grass, I could go into the winter with it short, right? It doesn't yes, need to absolutely. be long the winter. Okay.
2: You want it short. Yeah. Yeah. So it, you don't want it laying over and getting snow mold and right. any you know we don't want to hurt it with fungus or anything. I think that's a that.
0: mistake I made in the past is I've just left my mower high into the fall, and I've left it too long. Yeah, ex- yeah especially right back. the zoysia is going to go dormant like mid October or maybe even November, and then I can. It, there's nothing you can do wrong after that. It just is brown. Right. You can, there's literally nothing you can do wrong. It just stays that way. In fact, here in Nebraska, we have some people who paint it green. Yeah, I agree. Sure. Yeah, yeah. sure.
2: Right? You I know, don't. Bluegrass is just a wonderful grass. It loves the cool weather. So when it gets 70 degrees and the, the temperature, the daytime highs drop into the 80s and below, yeah. it's just going to take off. Yeah. So hit it with nitrogen. Okay. and. Don't do any slow release. We talked in the spring about this uh, malorganite, which is a slow release natural fertilizer. You want to get, I know Jim, you're a big box guy. yeah So you're going to be fine. Just make sure it doesn't say, you know, slow release, because that makes people happy that they're not going to burn their yard. You no, know, we want to hit it with nitrogen. We want to water it in and we want that grass to start growing. And you can also do, um, if you're going to seed, you want to get a starter fertilizer because it will have the the NPK numbers that you need for establishing new roots. But a starter fertilizer is always good in the fall anyway because you're going to tell your grass, hey, we're giving you all these brand new nutrients to you know establish deeper roots to be healthier through the winter. So I tell folks, just go anywhere and get a fertilizer. Go to Walmart. If, if Staples sells it, go buy it. Because what they're trying to do is they're, they're clearing it out, Jim. You can get fertilizer at Walmart for cheap. And you don't have to go to the big box store and fall into the trap of a winterizer. And I'm doing air quotes because everybody old school thinks that we need to throw down some winterizer to winterize this lawn. Well, we're not winterizing anything. We're just giving it nitrogen for it to store in late October, maybe for you guys. November. You can even have the dormancy process start. and you can throw down, you can throw down some nitrogen and some cheap big box store nitrogen and let it sit there and it will use that in the spring and boy will it use it in the spring
0: so that first number is nitrogen is that right in the three then the three number yes so like so i put down there fall turf builder it's
2: 32 right the very first number is 30 burst of nitrogen your grass is going to go crazy yeah
0: and i'm going to want to cut it short in that i'm going to want to get it shorter
2: yeah 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 Cut it high and look at your grass. Make sure your blades are sharp. Look at the tops of the grass. If you're still growing out dormancy, if there's still yellow shoots coming up, your grass may have a yellow or brownish tint. It'll be greenish, brownish tint. You want that. We need to wait for that spring look, that full carpet of green. And then we can start. Okay, we'll golf course this thing. Start. Cutting it short.
0: So realistically, Mike, you and I, like our our grass is under enormous amounts of stress. So yeah. we shouldn't change anything right now. Get some nitrogen in the grass, some kind of treatment. You've got somebody doing that for you, right? And then as we we're going to get some rain over the next couple of weeks, it looks like it's going to cool down. We're going to get some rain, and both you and I should start then. As soon as that grass looks really good, long, cut it twice and start bringing it down each week right until we get that we get it lower i've never done that step dave to be honest i haven't either
2: and i keep my cat though so we have to be careful you want to make sure that it's growing like gangbusters and this is a step you don't have to do you guys you i don't want people listening to this to think oh i gotta get my lawn cut down i gotta get this thing short you don't have to just mow the top third and just mow like normal and then When dormancy starts right before your first frost, if you think it's time, it's time to put this thing to sleep, just mow it twice. Yeah.
0: Well, it'd be nice to have it short before the leaves come so that it's, it's down. And then when I'm, when I'm mowing or pulling up leaves, I'm not also trying to mow the lawn at the same time, uh, from that perspective. So that'd be be super cool. Yes. Yes.
2: And there's a, there's a couple of resources that I'd like to share with your listeners because I'm not the end all be all and I have jumped around like crazy and I want folks if if they want to overseed I want them to be successful. There are two guys that they're YouTubers and they have their own companies. They have their own YouTube channels that they they share this stuff all the time. The first one is a guy that um who who knows how to tear a lawn down and rebuild it. His name is Ryan Knorr, K-N-O-R-R. Search him on the YouTubes and he has an overseeding strategy and he will go over it step by step by step. Now, a lot of the times he is, these YouTubers, they're kind of crazy, so you have to watch out for them. They will actually burn down the entire lawn with glyphosate, with Roundup, and scrape off the dead and re-top soil and throw down a single cultivar, meaning one type of grass, Kentucky bluegrass or perennial rye, and grow it out brand new in the fall. And they're nuts. I mean, they're absolutely nuts. If I did that to my lawn, my wife would kill me. She's like, you're killing the grass. I'm like, yeah, but it had clumping fescue in it. She's like, I don't care. It was green. So so you have to be careful. You can't do that, but they will show you how to overseed. The other guy lives in Florida, but he used to work in um, Indiana, kind of northern Indiana, Chicago area, up, up over by there. That's the, the lawn care nut, Alan Hayne. This guy worked for Scott's True Green for a decade. He knows what he's talking about when he talks cool season grass. The guy lives in Florida, but he covers cool season grass the most. And if you just get on his email list, he'll send you free guides. Here's how to overseed. Just go. And it'll give you step by step by step by step.
0: I just watched him last night,
2: Dave. That's funny. Amazing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The knowledge these guys have. And the more you watch, the more that'll seep into your brain. Because I can rattle off chemical names. You're like. You know what's that weed? Well, that's spurge. Well, what do you need for that? Well, you need some quinclorac right there over by there to kill that one. So you know it just it soaks in. You you'll figure it out, and it's fun to watch these guys. I don't like watching a mow. I skip over their. They try to get all cutesy and <laughs> GoPro on the mower. And yep. just, just yeah. Tell me what to put down. Right. And, um, right. So these guys have taught me a lot, and in fact, I'm. Tonight, Jim, I was late because I was putting down what I call the double dark. And I've gotten into I told you in the spring that I I like throwing down granulars. I like pushing the spreader. But I've got into the backpack liquid game, right? And there is there's a couple of products you can buy online. And th- these guys are gonna pedal their wares on their online stuff because they all sell it, right? but they're really good. So you can buy this. It's called a double dark and it has a lot of iron in it. And your grass is going to love iron and it has sea kelp and humic acid and all these things. And I've, I've done this a few times before and I, you spray this on your, on your grass and your grass. It's not like a fertilizer. It's a mild fertilizer, but all that iron will make your grass turn like this bluish green. And if you have a neighbor where you have a line like their grass and your grass and there's a line, you can get the bluest greenest grass and the line and the neighbor's grass looks kind of awful. They call it the domination line. But, and I really don't I really don't get off on making the neighbor cry, but I have a golf course right next to me. And my yard is deep luscious green and there's this limey green. It's real bright and you can just tell there's a domination line. So I take it personal against the golf course guys.
0: It's good. It keeps you, it keeps you motivated, right? I mean, that's, you got to compete against somebody for that stuff. Well,
2: I had to do it tonight, Jim, because we're getting a rain event, you know, oh. that, that hurricane Laura is coming yeah. up. And so we're going to get yeah. some rain events. So I was like, If I don't do it right now and I can't do it in the heat of the day because it's too hot. You can't apply things during the heat of the day. I literally had to wait till 7 PM and I mixed up three, four gallon backpacks full of chemicals. And I did my entire front yard, which is 9,000, 2,000, 1,000. So 12,000 square feet.
0: Yeah. No, sometimes you just got to get it done. That's one of those things. I, Mike, this summer, uh, you didn't, but I, there were, there were moments where I was like, I just got to get a mow in. Dave, back to our spring episode, you were like, sometimes you just need to get the mow in so that you don't get behind. So you're not cutting a half or two thirds. Right. And so I took that to heart. And this summer I did better than I've ever done as far as like, it's Wednesday. I don't care what it's like out there. I need to get a mow in. And I'd go out and mow, and I'd run. I'd almost run around to get it done fast. I wasn't trying to make it look pretty or put lines down. I was just trying to get the mow done. And uh, and that actually that
2: actually paid big big dividends for me um,
0: throughout the summer. Yeah. So that's really good advice.
2: This year, I tried to take different paths. So i get into I get into no pun intended a rut with my mower, and I mow I mow the same. Spot up and down, up and down, and it creates literal ruts in your yard. And if you go the other way and you're like, gosh, what are all these bumps? Well, they're the wheel marks of your riding lawnmower. Yeah. So always try to cut opposite and cut angles, you know, slashes Yeah, across your rectangular lawn. It's
0: really hard on the edges because you you have to mow, you know. You mm-hmm. kind of have to mow the edges. Just
2: one wheel rut. Yeah.
0: No, I've I've got wheel ruts around there. This this year, actually, one of the things I did for the wheel ruts is I carried a little bit of seed with me, and as I'd see the ruts, I, every once in a while, I just I took a little um, you know, a little oil funnel, you know, so it comes down a long one about this, just carried with me, and I would punch it into the ground. I'd make do 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 about six holes, throw a little seed in there, and then you just turn it upside down, and those those the you're, the little your seed. I'm a seed guy.
2: <laughs> you are and, a seed
0: guy. And it, cause I've got some, I got some spots. Like it, they, those drive me crazy. And then I would, br- then I'd break up those. Well, I timed, there's a couple times this summer, I timed those just right. This, we got some rain, whatever. It was perfect. And man, those, those ruts grew. They're now fully seeded, right? They're, they're yeah. right, right now, even during the heat, because I kept the water on them. They've done, they've done pretty well. This fall, they're going to do great. So I'm just, I'm I'm pretty pumped about that.
2: Well, you let's know. let's leave your listeners with that. I have guaranteed patch repair success and you can do it by going to Lowe's and you can do it so cheap. You don't have to buy the shaker bin. So I do it with, I have a, um, I have a cart that I pull behind my mower. And so we're going to go to Lowe's and we're going to look for, a, it's a brown bag and it's called it's probably a lawn repair topsoil. It's about seven bucks for one of those big bags. It's a bag of dirt, y'all, but it's, it's screened weedless topsoil. If you just, if you go over and get the $2 bag of topsoil, you're buying a bag of crabgrass. So don't do it. This bag is screened. Okay. So we've got that. We're going to buy some seed. We need to make sure we know what kind of lawn grass we have before we buy our seed. Most of y'all are probably fescues, which is great because that stuff germinates in 7 to 10 days. We're going to fix some patches. And then we're also at Lowe's. We're going to buy, there's a bag. You may have to ask someone about this. But it is a pelletized paper cellulose product. And it will hold water. So we've got that. We throw this in our wheelbarrow. or or our cart or whatever we're going to patch repair with. So I've got this ginormous yellow spot in my front yard where the dog nuked it with, you know, 24 hours of holding it. My dog is a freak of nature and will hold urine for days (laughs) just to kill my grass. And it's literally nuked with all that urea of Mm -hmm. uh, urine. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you have to get that dead grass out. I'm sorry, y'all, but you're going to have to probably touch it. Most of the time you can rake it, but you need to take it out and throw it away. Just throw it over in the grass. You can mow it in later. Take your rake, the one with the, the pokey tines, not the, the loose ones, and scrape. You can do it with Jim's hole poker. You can do it with a, claw, a garden claw, but you need to break up the soil because we need seed to soil contact. That is the number one thing for seeding. The seed needs to touch the soil or be a quarter inch under the soil. And we're going to take care of both of those. So now we've, we've, we don't want clumps. So if you have clumps, just step on it. We've got this big patch of pretty yard dirt. Get a handful of seed, throw it in there. Now go to that brown bag of lawn repair soil and just crumple it and, and fill up that, that patch that you're repairing. Get another handful of seed and throw it on there. And then step on it. Just step on it. So what we usually do is we rent a roller and we roll that seed and we make good seed to soil contact. But you can just step on it and and squish it down and then get that cellulose product and sprinkle over it. And then that will hold the moisture and then get it wet and then keep it wet for 10 days until you see your baby grasses. And then even when you see your baby grasses at 10 days, you still need to keep it wet. So if you can't, I tell this to folks all the time, Dave, I want to overseed. Well, if you do not have a successful watering program, you can't overseed, right? Because it has to stay moist for 10 days. If you seed, Jim, if you grab a cultivar of Kentucky bluegrass, to fix in your backyard, twenty-one days minimum. Yeah, most of the time twenty-eight days. Twenty-eight days until you get a little That's bit something. of shoot of baby grass. You got to stay on top of and it. It's it's yeah. awful, but yeah, I mean Kentucky bluegrass is the bomb. So we do it because we love it. It looks yeah, good. It does. You got to keep good. it. Away. Yeah. So this Patchmaster, you can you can do a whole yard with this, and you can do it for probably. Less than twenty bucks.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Less than twenty bucks. Yeah,
0: get out there and get it down. Just get yeah. it down, Mike. Your repairs starting Monday. Like as we look at the calendar, what we can't predict is a late September heat wave. Like right. this is, <laughs> this is yeah. the hard part. I mean, Here. it's looking yeah. good right now, right? The ten day is looking good right now. We have to be careful that that just means that if you put seed down now, you get some. You get a good watering program. You can't let, up. if we get a second heat wave, you can't let up. <laughs> you got to keep, mm-hmm. you got to keep it watered. It may still kill it. That's the, that's the starting this early, September 1st. That's what you run into. Now, that being said, you could start now and we could have a fabulous fall and you could, like, you could be a lawn hero. Like, you know, because you, we may get those perfect conditions and everything's
1: fixed this is if like you're a, going, you know, gambling. Like, yeah, you really got it's a little bit. Yeah. You know, you i right <laughs> time. got to make a bet. I'm going to stick with my I bet. If you get some heat, you just water. Yeah. You just so, got to make sure you stay.
2: Yeah. And you're just going to have to be that dude, you know, in your bathrobe with a stogie, with the lawn, <laughs> with the hose. And you just, just hose it down. It is literally Jim. <laughs> hose it down. No,
0: no bathrobe, but I definitely out of my shorts. <laughs> and, and, uh, No shoes and and, that's some of the
2: most satisfying watering conditions, right there. It's just you know,
0: it's pretty great. I've actually, Dave, we've I've got some weird areas in my yard where like it's just to use sprinklers. It's just it's almost a crime because it's so much such a waste of water. And so during the summer, because we're home, because I'm home because of the pandemic, every morning at six thirty, I can go out. You know, have a little breakfast, grab the cup of coffee, go out on the, and I'll just, I'll hand water it. And man, that area typically struggles because it's in, it's a high concrete area. It's a high temp area. And normally it has trouble getting water. I've always struggled to have grass in those areas. This summer it's lush and green because it gets every other day attention. You know, it gets me watering it by hand. You know, um, drink a cup of coffee and water it every morning, not every, every other morning. Um, it, or based on the soil temperatures, I've actually been watering it more cause it's been hotter. And so I'm just trying to keep, trying to keep some moisture in the grass just to kind of keep it, you know, to kind of keep it alive. So I have turned those watering moments into one to be a little more efficient, but two to kind of be outside, mm-hmm. you know, just to kind of be outside watering the lawn and join a cup of coffee or cigar. I
2: walk my lawn constantly. Yeah. Mostly, yeah. mostly because I have yellow nuts nutsedge and I like yeah. to go out and curse at it. But, I const- yeah. I, I'm I always walking the lawn. I know every little detail I need to do yeah. and I'll never, I'll never get it all done. I, I know all this stuff, but I, I at, at some point you have to decide this is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to fix this year. Yeah, and it right. like my yellow edge problem. It's a three year battle minimum. Yep. It's a three year battle because yeah. that thing just grows and grows and grows. And Indiana is just, covered in nutsedge so right
0: yeah and i had some kind of weed for the last five years that i've been working on just every year and this was my first year it's not there not there it's just you know it's every year kind of going on mike any other any other final questions while we got dave before we wrap this thing up
1: i already have i don't want to ask any questions because that's gonna be more things on my list i need to do i have a, i have a lot of homework i need to just go take yeah. it be great uh, all the stuff I've been doing has been, has been helping. And I think sure. that the, uh, the frequency of the mo is, that's probably just like, honestly, the easiest thing, but also the hardest thing to like stick to, right. Is like getting out there. Cause the first week after a week, you're like, ah, even if I get a few days and then you don't do it in a few days and then it's yeah. two weeks, you have not mowed, And, and that's been the biggest struggle for me is staying on the mowing schedule.
0: Dave, uh, Dave said something in the spring that freed me up when he said, you just got to get a mow in. Like, don't, if this isn't your, this isn't your premium Saturday mow. This isn't the mow that the neighbors are going to be envious of. You just got to get a mow in. And the way he said that in the spring, I was like, oh yeah, I guess I can just do a Thursday or, or in my yeah. case
2: a Wednesday. Do it as fast as humanly <laughs> possible. You don't have the edge. You don't have the no. weed. No, you should blow. But yeah. if, if it's too dark and you're running into cars, just leave it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, no, right
0: on it. Dave, that, that was a, like, that freed me up to just this, like, just get out there like seven 30, eight o'clock. Okay. I've got 30 minutes to get this mow in. I'm just going to get it in. It's and the most
2: beautiful thing to get you out of all kinds of evening chores. Like <laughs> maybe I know there's dishes there and I'd love to help you with those, but it is going to rain tomorrow. Yeah. And if I do not get this on the lawn. Right. If we don't cut this our, our <laughs> yard's look like all weekend. So great. That's so great. Well, uh, Davey
0: continue to influence me long after the home server show day. So thanks for, uh, thanks for jumping in and first ever three part series on lawn, on lawn maintenance. We'll, we'll probably come back again to this next year. Cause it's just tons of fun to kind of talk about and think about. It. Maybe, um, maybe we'll do a winter. I mean, there's not a lot to do in the winter, but maybe we get together
2: this you, winter sometime you guys can handle it just everybody find your frost time and work back yeah for most of us from your time from your state line down to probably central indiana it's go time you really have to have your plan down anything lower than than that jim though you're getting into transition zone and warm season grasses they got a lot of time you guys can right. You got time to figure it out. That doesn't mean you shouldn't plan it, but find your frost, frost date. And Mike, I think you're good. Ask, ask your guy if he's going with what, what pre-emergent he's putting down and when is he putting it down?
1: I'm going to write that down. Questions to ask him next time he shows up. What pre-emergent are you putting down? Got it. He'd be like, have you been listening to a podcast?
0: <laughs> That's what he's going to
1: say. One
0: of the things, and I know this sounds I weird, but it's a podcast. No, 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 no. It wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> nope. As we think about winter, you know, going into winter, you can't overseed in the winter. A lot of people, especially here in the northern climates, you can throw that seed right on top of the snow. And uh, as the snow melts, it will pull that seed down into the soil and make that soil to seed contact. And when those perfect conditions hit in the spring, that seed will germinate. And so it's a great way of... Mike talk about gambling.
2: There's your gamble right yeah. there.
0: Yeah, well, yeah. You, you hit the last snow of the year, you know, right? For us, that's going to be March, maybe in early February. And you could just go out with your, with th- this, you would use the hand yep. crank, right? Just go out there. If you have some areas you particularly want to overseed, throw that right on top of the snow. It's the weirdest thing ever. And it feels like you're just throwing money away, but that snow will pull
2: that seed right into the, right into the dirt seed for you. The- Things right now, I'm just seeing you driving to driving down the driveway to work. You got a cup of coffee here. You're like, you slow down. You roll the window down. You grab from the door and you just start sprinkling sprinkling seed out of your yeah. car. We'll see, it. It. <laughs> I'm a
0: seeding fool, Dave. I am a seeding fool. I love
1: After that one note. I added that question in right there, like right yes. in the home, right in the lawn yes. chair one. I love having it right here instead of like you know, a spirals great too. Everything well, made. we
0: uh, we went a little long, but we appreciate you guys hanging out. Great, uh, thanks for everybody in the chat room for doing what they do. If you're listening on the podcast site, all those links that Dave mentioned are going to be in the show notes. So head out to slash hgg 457 and you'll get access to those show notes, including those um, uh, YouTube links. I love the lawn nut. I also watch Connor Ward. I think he's the lawn rebel, and he's just a
2: nut. Like he's it's amazing. He's great he, he, he will well. he'll teach you something but he's very entertaining yes i should say yeah he's the
0: best if you're going to watch a lawn guy and you just want to be entertained because he doesn't care he doesn't do it right he doesn't care how he does it he's just doing he throws stuff together he is kind of the average guy lawn guy i think right that's how we all do it right he uh, knows I don't know. we'll mix these things together i hope it works he always says he's not a how-to guy but I love Connor. So uh, Lawn Rebel, if you want to look him up on, yeah. I'll try to remember to throw Alan something.
2: Rebel, Alan Hain, the Lawn Care Nut, and Ryan yeah. Knorr. Yeah. Um, they, they'll answer anything. Yeah.
0: No, in it's Indiana super,
2: Channel. super great. And uh, Connor
0: lives in Idaho, and he has, like, he's in one of the worst lawn environments ever, because his growing season's like three months. And so he's got to do, when he does stuff, and then he gets, they get heavy snow up there. So they have yeah. to deal with Snow mold, snow mold and some of those kinds of things so
2: you have to be careful watching those guys especially ryan because they they do a single cultivar like uh perennial ryegrass and then they'll mow it short and they're what they call real mowers r-e-e-l right. and they mow it like it at, at like three quarters oh, yeah. of an inch you yeah. know like, golf like a course. green
0: like a green yeah yeah,
2: which is nuts. I I like my grass standing up. I like to be able to run my hand over. It looks it.
0: good though. the The other thing we didn't talk about that they talk about all the time is lawn leveling, and that's maybe a winter, maybe that's a winter topic.
2: That's a scary, scary thing for me. I don't, well, I
1: don't really- I need for my riding lawn more. We talked about the ruts. I think I have physical big ruts from my riding mower tires that I might I don't understand.
2: These guys do their, they use sand. Yeah. Yeah. For that real mowing, and they say don't use topsoil, don't use topsoil. But I, I can't throw sand in my yard. I just, I, I'm it's not really good. It's really good for the soil, Dave. My grass it's
0: really good for the soil. I can't get
2: my grass low enough to do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, I would do maybe a seed or maybe a soil sand mix. Yeah, I can see doing that, and, and I do. Can- do a soil sand seed
0: mix and then you get all three in one mm-hmm. from that out there. So just a couple of reminders before we go, we're live every Thursday, 8 PM central nine Eastern. If you're just joining us or you're, you're coming in and you haven't listened to it before, join us live. Love to have you come out and be a part of the live show. Um, the average guy. TV forward slash live. If you want to join us in the discord group, the average guy.tv slash discord, same thing slash Facebook. If you want to join us in the Facebook groups, if you want to send me an email, you got some comments, some questions, you can't find something. I made a mistake on the show notes whatever. Send me an email, jim at theaverageguy.tv. Big thanks to Christian for, uh, for his 10 years of running Home Gadget Geeks uh, as a platform. You can head out to maplegrovepartners.com. He's got hosting plans as little as $10. He now has, he now has redundant environments now too. So it's not just one server farm, but two. It's pretty great. I think one's in Maryland, one's in Buffalo. And, uh, and so, it's great stuff. Ten dollars, uh, t- uh, little as ten dollars a month. Maplegrovepartners dot com. We want to thank you for joining us tonight. Uh, this is super fun. Like I, I just, Dave, thanks for, thanks for coming. I could geek out about this for a long time, and, uh, and appreciate you you coming in and doing it tonight. Um, next week, Mike Weger is covering all things ham radio, or at least what he knows on the ham radio side. So he'll be doing that as well. And then I'm starting to line up kind of the fall episode um, schedule. So we'll have a lot more coming as well. If you're listening live, stay around for a little bit of a post show. With that, we'll say goodbye.